wait, wait, you, you want me to be like funny haha or funny what I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi, this is Julie Maris from Wicked Unscripted, and here comes Sci Fi Saturday Night. Sci Fi Saturday Night. Sci Fi Saturday Night. Tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TalkCast 268. Of course, it's morning if you're listening live, and it's in Tierra del Fuego. Uh, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night comes live from the Pleurisy Ward on Planet X. I am the Dome Chief Pontificator. Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the gang of four in the Revere Time Vortex, Technical Omnivore and Hacking Cough Aficionado. Our own girl genius, Kriana. <coughs> From the stacks of her personal calm space in the Dank Dungeon's only indoor vaporizer and Zen garden, where she's meticulously cultivating that pain that comes from four hours of coughing and choking, our own cat whisperer, Zombrarian. I think I've got the black lung, Pop. From a galaxy not as far away as you might think, the woman who is singularly responsible for what may well be season two of Agent Carter simply because she is stalking anybody at ABC who's silly enough to take her phone calls, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I'm currently painting my nails colors that makes, make me think of Agent Carter. Like right now, this second. Like right this very actual moment, second. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Because that's science fiction-y enough at this point. Science fiction-y actually a word? It is now. Okay, good. I'm glad. As everybody who knows, March is Women's History Month, right? Everybody knows that, don't they? Uh, if they don't, then they're morons. Okay, or, good. you know, part well, of Gamergate. <laughs> Which I guess is the same thing, right? I'm thinking pretty much the same thing, yes. Yes, good. So, we kind of thought uh, last week we would talk about women writers in science fiction. And, and fantasy. And, well, well, no, originally we thought science okay. fiction. That's fair. Then we got on the pre-show call, which is like the hour before when we all sit around and yell at each other for whatever possible reason we can find and realize that the pigeonhole science fiction does encompass fantasy, young adult fiction, horror, uh, paranormal romance. All of this comes under that umbrella. And are we dealing with hard science fiction? Or, or are we dealing with everything? And we kind of figured, you know what? Science fiction is kind of everything. So we're going to just 
take a few minutes and talk about whatever we want to do with women in science fiction. Now, Sarah, our, our own Sir Sarah, has her wonderful little blog. It's not a little blog. It's actually a really cool blog, which <laughs> kind of introduced me to her. And it's all about women in science fiction. For those and who fantasy. haven't... And fantasy. Well, I'm, no, because I'm using the all-encompassing umbrella. All right, that's fair. We can use speculative fiction. We could. But then it would be sci-fi speculative night. Or yeah, speculative... Sci- we're speculative speculative fiction. We're yes. the name of the podcast. <laughs> speculative uh, Saturday night? Yes. I like it, actually. I do, too. Good. It's 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 interesting. We could. We... But we just got the new banner, so we're we're gonna have to just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> Can we like put an X through it and and crayon in speculative? It's so you know sharpie. what? It's our speculative name. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And and interestingly, each of us came up with a wildly different array of names and and people. So, Sir Sarah, can we talk yes. a little bit, or can you talk a little bit about your blog and yes. why you started it and what it does and how to find it and all that neat stuff? It's kind yes. of the gateway drug to what we're doing tonight. Yes. So, um, the blog, first of all, is called Galaxy Girls and Lady Nights, um, and it the kind of the spark for it was I was working um, in the basement of the Harvard Coop, uh, which is like the Harvard Barnes and Noble College, whatever. Um, and the lower level of the coop is the children's section, but it's also like cookbooks and like sports and also science fiction and fantasy. So I've always been a reader and I, you know, it was mostly a lot of like young adult fantasy that I read but I kind of took it upon myself to completely reorganize and rework the science fiction and fantasy section. As um, long as you were down there. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I worked there for about nine months um, and completely overhauled the section, and now it's probably gotten away from them, and it's ugly again. But it was really pretty when I worked there. Um, and it kind of sparked a lot of research not just for figuring out like who was popular and who sold and who was good and who was not so good um but it kind of led me on a path to rediscovering my love for the genres um and I kind of realized in reading a lot of a lot a lot of like top 10 lists and you know here are the big names it was all dudes it was all dudes. And I was like, okay. But I look at the shelves and I see not dudes. I see pretty much, not quite 50-50. I don't really know what the, the mix is, but it seems pretty even to me. So why are all the best of lists completely comprised of dudes? And, you know, I've read a lot of great books by dudes, but... I'm, as, you know, a, a really hardcore feminist, I'm kind of like, well, but that's not all there is. Um, and there seemed to be kind of a view of people that I kind of saw on the internet and, in, in you know, on websites being like, well, you know, women, they just write 
urban fantasy or paranormal romance. And I was like, okay, first of all, nothing wrong with that. Second of all, that's an incorrect statement. Totally um, incorrect. So I started this blog as a way to not, not tear down the male authors, not just to not kind of talk about them at all, but to celebrate the women of the genres. Um, so my drive for the past, I think I started this in June. Um, I, the research was before that, but I think the blog I started in um, this past June. Um, and my focus since then has just been collecting, consuming, just reading as many different kinds as I can. And I, I, re I do read mostly fantasy, but I am trying to branch out. I've kind of, kind of let off into steampunk and I'm trying to read um, more science fiction. I haven't really gotten around to hard science fiction yet. Um, I'm working my way up to uh, Anne Leckie's Ancillary Justice, um, which won the, Hu I think the Hugo and the Nebula last year. Definitely won a lot of awards last year. Um, but I'm trying to get um, a wide variety of genres, a wide variety of backgrounds, of races. I'm trying to read more women of color as opposed to just white women because that's very one side. That's pretty much as one-sided as just reading male authors. It's um, So yeah, working on, on that. So I kind of have a really long list that I tried to cut down to just my current favorites. Um, but yeah, so uh, you can find that on Tumblr, um, galaxygirlsladynights.tumblr.com. And it's my baby. And I post a new review each Friday. And it's less of, of, of a review and more of, here, this book exists. I read it. Here's what I thought about it. And if I didn't like it, there are, are books that I review that I don't like. But I'm like, well, you might like this if you also liked this. Or there's some, I think there was one book that was like, I didn't like this book, but Felicia Day really liked it. So if you <laughs> like her, her other recommendations, you might also like this. So it's not necessarily a review site. It's more of a like, here is this book. Here is how I felt about it. Here's why you might like it. And it's a lot of fun. And it's taking me to that, lots of new worlds. That's your that's your baby. Good. And, and yeah. that's actually one of the ways that's one of the ways we met. Yep. Is through your blog, which uh, I really enjoy very much. It's it's cool because it, it's nothing more than I'd like to talk to you for five minutes about this. And you do. And it's wonderfully fun. Yeah, so, I, I try to be very brief because Tumblr is a very image-based um, platform. So I don't want to kind of inundate you with like a three-page review. I want you to tell me, I want to tell you what it's about, what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it in a paragraph, and then leave you to it. So who wants to start off with a person. I'm still looking for a book, so someone else should start. And I've also just learned that if you put um, lesbian teen romance fantasy book into Google, you do not get what I'm looking for. Hmm. <laughs> what, um, what do you get? <laughs> Porn. <laughs> yeah. Why I'm did you think we're going to get anything that. else? Because I can't... Well, and then I added troll to it, and that didn't help either. No, that's not going to help. No. <laughs> Thank oh, you, Mr. Man. Google, for once again... It's because they think... 
they don't think that actual queer people would look for things that are titled like lesbians. They think it's just for straight men who want to watch lesbian watch two women have sex. Fact. All right, this is like talk talk about female authors for a minute while I try to find this. I just need to okay. say scissoring. Done now. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you for your that. contribution. I think that's going to be about it for her tonight, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first author is uh, a wonderful woman with an incredible mind. Um, Unlike all the other women on this list. No, no. I like this woman's <laughs> mind. She... Uh, attended Vassar. She holds a PhD in Spanish and was a professor at Yale before becoming a writer. Uh, and I found her when perusing a Barnes and Noble one day, uh, looking desperately for something to catch my eye, for something to read. And I got caught by the spine which said, Chicks in Chainmail, edited by Eth Esther Fresner. And I had read a book by her. I had actually read a poem by her in uh, Asimov's Fiction magazine uh, called uh, "Damn, uh, The Vampire of Granetta Green. And it's one of those really haunting little cool poems. And I'm wondering, how does somebody who's done that kind of gothic poetry now move into chicks and chain mail and I got a very very quick education into a, a brilliant writer and a brilliant anthologist uh, she writes cross genre has won both a nebula and um, by the way Joe not to interrupt you for one second but to yes. completely interrupt you I, I'm gonna let you finish but just coming Kanye. Um, <clears throat> have you noticed how excellent the quality of this call is? Yes, I have. I think I've found the problem. Is it phones? No, she's going to say no. it was me. No, it's guests. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> no guests anymore. They just screw everything up. All right, anyway, continue. <laughs> Guess the Skype calls were great. <laughs> oh, no. So after reading the first anthology, which was Chicks and Chain Mail, uh, I then went on to read, did you say chicks? Chicks and chained males. The chick is in the mail and turn the other chick. Incredibly cool anthologies. I started looking for her work wherever I could. I've tried to get her on the show a bunch of times and not enough people know about this incredible writing. It's it's she such a you. shame. That's why I haven't been able to get her on the show. It's because she hates you. Well, she was at Arisha uh, two years ago and at BossCon, which we should go to at some point, but we never do. I think you need, mean but, Boss uh, Cone. There's definitely, yeah, there's definitely a different an E at the end of it. Yes. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. 
That is my, my first... Dome is as good at pronouncing con names as he is at people's names. It's about pronouncing anybody else's names, because I don't pronounce no, anything. No, that's your he, he doesn't pronounce anything. That's correct. <laughs> but the other reason that Esther Fresner is one of my cool picks is because I knew that Sombrarian would want to read the, the Nebula Award-winning short story she wrote in 1996 called Death and the Librarian, which is one of the coolest ones I've ever read. You guys couldn't see because we're on an audio call, but I just made a <laughs> face. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Amazing. I know. How does that happen? I don't know. Magic. You know what else is magic? Please well, tell me. The internet, because I found that book I was looking for. Yes. You want me to tell you about it? I, I was going to yes. say something completely different. Thank you for not doing that right now. <laughs> yes, Subrarian, tell us all about the book that you just found on the internet. On the internet. This one's a fantasy book, and it's a YA book, and it's a romance book, and yeah. It's everything but that I was, like, trying to avoid making my list. Because I was like, there are a million of these. But if you really want to hit all of your... Like, if you want to gain some diversity points in your reading, this is the book for you. It's called Huntress. It's by Melinda Lowe. Um, and it's about these two girls who go on an epic quest together to save their kingdom. Because, and then they fall in love? Yeah, and then they fall in love. Yes. Yes. And yes. um they're like they're like traveling literally they're traveling to fairyland. Only these are not Irish, you know, leprechaun idea 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 fairies. I just like to point out that actual Irish lore fairies are not very nice at all. No, they're not. Um, but most of the influences for the um, for the culture and for the fa for the um, the for the fantasy aspects of Huntress come from China. Mm. Yeah, oh, nice, cool. So if that. you if you want to hit your diversity points and still stay within a comfort zone of some sort. I will recommend this. It's also, I've read it, and I will admit now that I read it while I was being a camp counselor for 14-year-olds, and so I was really short on sleep, and I don't remember much of it. Nice. <laughs> but I remember it being, despite being a teen fantasy book about fairies and girls falling in love with each other, it was really dark. Nice. It was like this bleakly depressing outlook on everything throughout the whole book. Which was pretty amazing to me because I would have gone for that as a teen. Even if the other stuff wasn't as awesome as it was. Which it was. I can say sentences that make sense but not right now. <laughs> I was going to say that one pushed the envelope just a little bit. It's awesome, it's bleak, it is all kinds of 
familiar and yet not familiar at the same time. And you should read it at the end. Love, Sunburn. Awesome. I'm just casually adding more names to my giant list. Notice your list is growing and growing. And <laughs> what? Me? No, it was always like this. Never, ever. I don't know what you're talking about. No, never. Well, um, while you're adding things, do you want me to um, mention another very stark and bleak? Sure. All yours. By Go a for female it. author. Nominally for teens, but this one is one of those ones where you find it in the teen section of the bookstore. And then just, like, loop around through the adult section, and no one will guess that you're getting it from the teen section if you're uncomfortable with that. Um, People should never be uncomfortable getting things from the teen section. Teen books are great. Also, that's what Amazon is for. Yeah. It's true. What's a bookstore? um, Independent bookstores support independent bookstores. What's a bookstore? Also, what's a book? I just have these text files. Okay, well, get the text file, or if you feel more comfortable with physical books, uh, you can also get the book. We won't judge you, except for Kriana, but she judges everyone, so don't feel bad. It's the truth. And you should get Melina Marchetta's Lumetaire Chronicles, which is grim, sweeping, epic fantasy. Um... Written by a woman. Ta-da! Yes. Yes. And All right. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, like, political exiles and... Politi- poli- political exiles, <laughs> uh, prison refugees. There's something about a sword, like, massacres... And terrible, terrible suppressed memories all occurring in this wonderful, wonderful set of books. Sounds like a barrel of laughs. What? Sounds like a barrel of laughs. It it isn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In a good way, obviously. As you might be able to tell, I don't actually enjoy (laughs) lighthearted fantasy very much. Mine. I like it to be kind of dark and gritty. Gritty and dark. Oh my god, then you will love V.E. Schwab. Yeah? Tell so us much. Alright, so V.E. Schwab is the, uh, I guess, shorter name for Victoria Schwab. Um, she writes um, teen fantasy under Victoria and adult fantasy under V.E. And her Two adult books, Vicious and then A Darker Shade of Magic. Um, they're not related to each other. Um, a Darker Shade of Magic is coming, I think, has two other books following it, um, but that and Vicious are not in the same series. They will fuck you up, rip you, or you open, and like stomp your heart under their feet. Because These sound they amazing. Care. They're so good. All right. So, Vicious is these two college guys who discover that by near-death experiences, they can manufacture superpowers. And they turn against each other and start, like, hunting each other down. And there's the villain, and then there's the anti-hero. And basically, they're both really awful, but wonderful. And it's just, like, 
really, really gritty, and I love it. It's so good. Um, and then A Darker Shade of Magic just came out a few weeks ago. Um, it's like two weeks ago or something. And um, it's a, kind of a parallel universe story. So there are four different Londons kind of stacked on top of each other. There's Grey London, which is our London, but set like hundreds of years ago. Um, then there's Red London, which is like very like full of magic and very lively. Um, there's White London, which like the magic has kind of been leached out of everything. So people have to like fight for the like little bits of magic that are there. And everyone's kind of psychotic. And then there's Black London, which has been sealed off because the magic became clever and basically ate everyone. Um, and basically the two main characters, um, Kel is the main male character and Lila is the main female character and she is a cross-dressing pirate and she is wonderful and lovely and fantastic. Um, and Kel's awesome too, but he is not a cross-dressing pirate, um, sadly, but he does have a coat that has like five different sides. He turns it inside out different ways and it becomes different coats it's really cool um but yeah, it's really dark and really messed up and really wonderful and you wouldn't really expect it from victoria schwab because i follow her on like social media and she's like really sweet and really wonderful and she's like she's like 26 years old and i'm really mad about it um but she's like the sweetest person and then you read her books and you're like why did you just rip my heart out and throw it on the ground why why would you do that to me why not Right. She's wonderful. I love her. It's fine. Things are fine. You all right there? No. I think she needs like a glass of water or something. Yeah. Oh, you you take a couple of deep breaths and, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, I could. I, I could. Um, I'm staying, I think, with uh, some generational stuff that a lot of people may have heard of and never read or may have overlooked over time, Esther Fresner being one, uh, Ursula Le Guin being another. Uh, she's written novels, children's books, short stories, both fantasy and science fiction. She's won the Booker Prize uh, and a Hugo, a Nebula, a Locus, and World Fantasy Award. So, like, uh, everything. She's won, I think, pretty much one of everything, yeah. And people kind of, uh, you know, look at her and go, oh, yes, the Earthsea Fantasy Series. Uh, no, uh, there's so much more than that, although that was some... Of, of her fine work. There were, uh, I think, seven in that series. Yeah, also Planet of Exile Four. City, Wiz Wizard of Earth Sea, Tombs of Atuan, Farthest Shore, Tahanu, Last Book of Earth Sea, and Tales from Earth Sea. Five, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. What am I? Um, Left Hand of Darkness, The Dispossessed. Uh, the Word for World is Forest. And if you've never read The Word for World is Forest, it is one of the most amazing science fiction eco-novels you're ever, ever going to read. 
uh, Lathe of Heaven, uh, which was made into a very odd movie. <laughs> uh, Orsinian Tales. This is a woman who writes from the heart. And whether it's hard science fiction or fantasy or uh, even the softer forms of science fiction. I mean, she writes mechano fiction very well, but whatever it is she's writing, it's written with her full investment. Uh, she's an amazing, amazing, amazing writer. And uh, she's, she's had her work done into movies. Uh, Left Hand of Darkness was actually made into a play. Uh, She's done. I, I, it's one of those people that you know um, was was on my bucket list of people I want on the show, only because she's amazing. If you haven't read her stuff, damn, do it. I got three of her books sitting on my to read shelf to my left. Well, and by shelf, I mean it's it's three shelves, three shelves, and there are more. Which ones are they, by the way? Um, I have A Wizard of Earthsea, The Dispossessed, and The Left Hand of Darkness. Three I mean, I have finest. more, but these are the, the ones that are on my to-read shelf because they're, you know, the first ones in the series or, you know, standalone. If you can, if you can find the word for world is forest, it's amazing. Okay. Nice. Uh, 1976 Hugo Award winner for Best Novella. It's just It'll tear your heart out. It's so beautiful. Let's check thriftbooks.com. <laughs> That's my favorite site. I don't know if you know that. It's my favorite site. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have it. They hate me. Yeah, no. part of the reason I've been so quiet is I've been on Goodreads this whole show, like, constantly <laughs> at it. Nice at it like even while I was talking I was looking at the page for one of the authors I was talking about and saw that the third book is coming out and I'm like add that nice. <laughs> oh my god Goodreads is so addicting it's, uh, it's, it's all part of this how we're multitasking during a show we were yeah. talking about that earlier as well <laughs> yeah oh look they do actually have it from $3.55 nice. oh what a shame Hey, Dome, this says that the word for world is forest is not standalone. No, it's a novella. It was part of a uh, compendium, I think, of three works by her. Hmm. It says it's part of a series. But Goodreads has been known to be wrong before. Um, can I yell about the Goblin Emperor now? Do yes, it. Yell about the Goblin Emperor. Okay. Have, I, have I yelled about the Goblin Emperor yet on this show? Because I a feel like I yell times, about it but to everyone. Every time you make me want to read it more, so go. Alright, so, the Goblin Emperor is super high fantasy. Crazy high fantasy. Goblins and elves. Um, as, you know, you may have noticed from the Goblin Emperor. Um, it's basically the story of, uh, this kind of half-goblin, half-elf Maya, who is the fourth, fourth son of the elf emperor. 
and the elf emperor and all of his, you know, sons that are older than Maya die in a, um, what's it called? What's the, um, dirigible in a dirigible crash because it's also kind of steampunk, like slightly steampunk, but steampunk. Um, so they die in a dirigible crash and Maya's in exile cause he's like a half breed and he gets called up and they're like, Oh, by called up, I mean a courier comes and is like, oh, by the way, you're the emperor now. And Maya's like, um, I've been living in exile for my whole life. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, well, you're shit out of luck because you're the emperor now. Um, and so he has to go and navigate the very cutthroat court and figure out his role and his place in society as someone who is looked down upon as um, a half goblin by you know the the court is elves and they're like all tall and beautiful and he's kind of like well i'm short and i have you know uh, an underbite so you he's know whatever he is um but what i really love about this is how um so it's written by katherine addison who um her real name is sarah monette or she also writes under sarah monette um but she's written stuff like the bone key and stuff like that. So this is her first book as Catherine Addison, and it's kind of a, a break from her kind of fantastical horror um, of that's her other work. And um, the way she writes how Maya, the main male character, treats the women around him is very refreshing. And it's very, like, as someone who has read a good amount of fantasy written by men, it's very interesting to see how, even if they're trying to have kind of a more feminist take on it, the way that they treat and think about women is very different. Um, and it's, it, it just isn't as, like, equal. Where here, Maya really, as the emperor, he has total control over the lives of the women in court. And his response to it is, why? Why should I be in control of their lives? Why is it, like, why can they not control their own lives? This is inane. This is ridiculous. This is wrong. Um, and I just, I just love that. I just love it so much. Um, so, yeah, Read the Goblin Number. It just came out in mass market. So you don't have to buy the beautiful $25 paperback. Uh, I mean, hardcover. Um, you can buy the $8.99 paperback or go to the library and get it from the library. Um, but it, it's, just, it's just spectacular. And this is a book that I would recommend. Um, like, I love ebooks. I love reading ebooks. I, I love the feel of them. But this is a book I would recommend getting um, in a physical copy or, or borrowing a physical copy because... Uh, the names are very confusing and the index really helps. Um, although some of the new Kindles, you can refer to the index really easily, but a lot of them, not so much. So um, I would recommend a physical copy of this book. Also, the cover art is gorgeous. The nice thing about cover art on an iPad is it's retina perfect. I love it. <laughs> I've gotten so addicted to reading on my iPad, it's not funny. So thank you for that, Kriana. No, 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 no. no what are no, you doing? No, no. You <laughs> She's not paying attention. No, I, I am. I, was... I am paying attention. Sarah just finished.
talking about the Goblin King thingy and Emperor. Right. And <laughs> then Sombrarian had something she was going to deal with. Then I was going to do a wrap-up and talk about something well, else. Well, just move on with it then, will you? Zombrarian. I want Kriana to remute for this, though. Nope. <clears throat> Whatever it is, it's gonna... stupid. No. Yes. That's not true. No, well, it might you be. think it is. So I'm going to talk for a minute about Margaret Atwood. We've talked about Margaret Atwood before on the show. But I'm not. Uh, t -t -t -t, I'm not gonna talk about The Handmaid's Tale because talk about her lack of imagination and ability. Nope. What do you want to talk about, Sumeria? I want to talk about her new books that are actually sci-fi books. Oh. Okay. Cool. That might even. I think. As not a reader of hard sci-fi, I don't know if they um, fall into hard sci-fi. Is there magic? No. Is there, Is there some sort of technology involved that we don't actually have yet? Yes. Does, it take, place in, does it take place in the future? Yes. Is there space travel? No. Still probably counts as hard sci-fi. Yay! Not, not the hardest, but still. So what's the book about, and what's the title of it, and why is it cool? It is, like most of the best books in the world, a trilogy. It starts with <laughs> Orcs and Crake. It goes on to The Year of the Flood and finishes with Mad Adam. Um, and... They are all absolutely phenomenally amazing books, and I enjoyed them highly, which I have never, ever said about a sci-fi book in my life, especially not a hard sci-fi book, with the exception of Brave New World. I like and Brave I believe and someone enjoyed Callahan's Lady. Not that that's yeah, it. but not at the same level as they enjoyed this. Yeah, at, at an entirely higher level, right? Obviously. <laughs> False. <laughs> so, that if you want something that explores things like, genet like genetic splicing and class systems in America and... I'm asleep already. Feminism and that makes Kriana inexplicably mad for no reason. Not mad. Just that sounds like my jam. I don't know why Kriana is so bored by this. This is my life. They're exactly. so good that I bought them as because it's too it's too it's too preachy about real life. I I don't read to be reminded about what's wrong with real life. I get that by I reading the news. I don't know that why it, that anybody reads for that. I think we read because we find something we enjoy and find something that we find kindred in the book, whether it's dystopian or or horror or science fiction or fantasy or whatever. If we don't connect with it, 
then it has no relevance. If we do connect with it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I also like reading sci-fi that kind of says something about the world that we live in. Like, I feel like that See, is that's exactly that I what I enjoy. don't want. And that's, ex- fair, and that's a personal, you know. Right. A personal thing. And you're entitled not to want that. Damn yeah, right exactly. I am. There's wrong with that. Yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to enjoy books? Wow. Hi. <laughs> we all talk at the same time. Good job, everyone. Nice going, guys. So, Tom Prairie, and what else do you want to say about Margaret Atwood her new new series? I think I. Sorry, my brain broke in the middle of that. Oh, thanks, Kosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it. It's really what's interesting to me is that it falls into this group of books like The Strain, like Justin Cronin's Vampire books, um, where it's somewhat about this whole um, terrible, massive disease that wipes almost everyone out. But instead, but the... So, small spoilers, by the way. You're entitled. But instead of focusing on how people get through the crisis and the direct aftermath of it, it's all about what leads up to the creation and dissemination of this virus and the actual... I th- I'm trying to think about how much of the books is taken up by the actual spread of the virus, and I think it is less than a few pages. And so it's just interesting. Really cool take on the whole, oh my god, we're all being infected by this terrible thing, how will we go on, group of survivors survives and then does stuff. Oh, you mean The Walking Dead? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it plays into that whole Walking Dead right. thing. But does so in, in a different way than we're used to de- watching it being dealt with. Yep. Excellent. Is it time for Sarah. the music now? No, it's no. not. Sarah? No. Um, all right. For the last author that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about Catherine Valente because I'm planning on getting a tattoo from one of her books. Um, and I, it's fine. Things are fine. Um, it's going to be my first tattoo. I'm really excited about it, but I'm giving myself a year to decide if I really want it or not. Um, but she, I would say she's my favorite author. Hands down, 100%. However, I haven't read all of her books yet because I have to be 100% functioning and present to read them, which I'm honestly not always. Most of the time, I'm actually not. So, I have to read them in very specific kind of headspaces, but they're so intense and so lyrical and just so insane that I I just can't ever get them out of my head. Like, they kind of stay with me forever. Um, 
and I think one of her more popular books is Deathless, which is a retelling of Russian fairy tales. And, and she's very big on, on fairy tales um, and kind of retellings and, like, super hardcore feminism, and it's just wonderful. Um, and her books always just always... They, they feature a lot of, like, interlocking separate stories, and they're very... I'm just going to keep saying intense because they're just really intense and I can't get enough of them and I love them and I love her and she's wonderful and the tattoo that I'm going to get is from actually from the afterword of her uh, short story collection The Melancholy of Mecha Girl Um, and it's I've tried to err on the side of love and I love it and it's wonderful and I'm going to put it on my body and I love her that's also, I just went to She's amazing. to add that one, yes. and turns out I already <laughs> had like four of her books. Nice. Yeah. No, you should definitely read them. Read them all. Um, I would start with the Melancholy of Mecha Girl because it's it's shorter, like it, bits of her. Um, and she's very intense. Just I I just dove right into Deathless, and it's a lot and it's tough, but it's so worth it. Um, but Melancholy Mecha Girl is a good place to start because it's it's short little bits of her craziness and it's lovely. My favorite story wanna... from it is Fade to White. Fade to White is my favorite story from, from the Melancholy of Mecha Girl. Cool. I want to very quickly uh, talk about uh, uh, a an e-zine called Lightspeed Science Fiction and Fantasy. Uh, which is a quite amazing website uh, magazine and talks specifically about <laughs> it's a really cool one uh, about a Kickstarter project they have for a book called Women Destroy Science Fiction. I'm not going to give anything away about it. I am just going to say this is an incredible series of stories and uh some of the content on it is linked on the site and is free to read. The book itself, I uh, have to do some funding for them, and it's a really cool book. Go out and buy it. Go out and get it. I, I want to thank uh, the cast for taking some time to, to share with the audience tonight some of their personal favorites and gems. And hope that you get a chance to maybe think about some of their stuff as well. Uh, if there's an author that you'd like us to try and get on the show, or you have some questions you'd like to ask an author, shoot us an email here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Our email is somewhere on the website. If you can find it and click it, you can ask the question. Kriana, what's coming up on the show in the next couple of weeks? Stuff. Um... Next week, Belanger and Friends. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Same thing I said last week. On the 11th, legendary Christopher Golden comes to talk about, I don't know, something that's not in the calendar yet. Um, But I'm sure it'll be great because he's awesome. And in May, at the end of May, um, Steve Perry will join us to talk about the future of Rhode Island Comic Con. Sir Sarah. All right, well, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence made me cry. 
check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Tell. I want to thank Cass for working with us tonight to help Women's History Month become a science fiction classic. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of word librarian. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> and from our own personal okay. galaxy quest, our own Sir Sarah, Lady Knight. Once again, thank you, Sarah. Meow. This is Dome saying, Jeannie, champagne is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.